Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Man, another dope episode in the books. We're talking Dolphins victory, Heat and Panthers losing, and some big news surrounding the Hurricanes. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Playoffs, here we come. Um, nah, not true. I mean, <laughs> I know you're you're excited. excited though. We had we had a big big win. Which hey, two wins. We got it. I mean, well, this last one was was big. It was huge. We, we got to get into that. But how you doing? So I'm good, brother. How are you, man? I'm I'm much better. I'm much better here today. Yeah, man. Uh, we're in the building. Yeah, kicking some ass. Yeah, and we're gonna make this podcast happen. Um, besides that, man, like it was a uh, kind of weird. Weekend in sports for our Miami teams, right? We had some teams winning unexpectedly. We had teams losing unexpectedly. Yeah, like how about the fact that we we record last week? We record mm-hmm. during a Panthers game. Yep. And we're we're hyping up the Panthers and we're hyping up the Heat and we're talking about you know how great we are great and how this street. how that. I I can't help but feel like we jinxed the fuck out of that. That was us. <laughs> My bad, guys. Yo, that was us. Ah oh, man, we lost to the Rangers that night. Even though we came back. We started a little we came comeback. Back, but it was it, it was, was just yep a bad loss. Yeah, you know what I mean. A bad loss. Came a couple, up short. He had some bad losses on the road, you man. We've I mean? had we faced some tough tough, tough losses. opponents and, and just bad games. You yeah. know what I mean. And Close the, ones. Exactly. And then the team we didn't expect. To have any type of a close game whatsoever. Short week Thursday short week, night against a, a contender, an MVP quarterback. Uh huh. Right. A really good defense. Probably one of the top teams in the NFL right now, right? Or definitely in the AFC. In the Baltimore Ravens coming into us, into Hard Rock Stadium. And the Dolphins pull up the upset. And not only pull up the uh, pull off the upset, these guys look dominant on defense. Something that we hadn't seen, I felt like, in months. This entire defense was flying around. And I felt like it was led by the rookie Holland, too, man. That boy was Freaking on fire! Oh yeah, that all, game. all over the place. All Whether he was dropping field. back in coverage and 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 you know, picking off the ball, or he was on the line and blitzing and picking up the sack. Uh, he was all over the place. So shout out to him. But shout out to everybody, man. Jalen Phillips finally, you know, sh- showed up. He's showing up. He was in there. Ogbo the was out there. Jerome Baker all over the place. Uh, Xavier Howard with the, the with the one of the biggest six. plays of the games. Um, I no, mean, the fumble recovery. Yeah, forced fumble. He forced fumble. Picked fumble it up recovery and was able and to re- score. You know, make the heads up play to return it. But this is the way the Dolphins' defense should have looked all year. This is exactly what we expected. What we talked about going into this season, and it only took us about nine weeks to figure it out. Maybe eight weeks too late. You know what I mean? Um, but regardless, the the outcome was what we desired. Uh, we saw the defense emerge, right? And we saw key plays being made by our key playmakers, right? Who, guys who we were counting on to step up in the weeks where we were having those bad games, and none of them did until we played Baltimore. The whole defensive line, because Chris Wilkins is like, he's killing it, dog. He's killing it. He's one of the best defensive tackles right now um, in the AFC because just the amount of pressure that he puts on the quarterback and on the line, they're forcing two guys to cover him now, which is huge. Um, we talked about Holland. 
you know, come playing at the line of scrimmage a lot. He had so many QB pressures that game, and he got to hit Lamar Jackson, adjust his throws, and make him force and do other things that he didn't want to do. And you could tell that Lamar Jackson was visibly frustrated on the sideline. He was not happy about how they couldn't figure out how the Dolphins were attacking him. And then even offensively, we started the game with Brissett, right? And it was like, man, Tool's missing another game. What the hell's going on in Miami? And it was like, odd, too, because it was kind of a last-minute Fully minute dressed. Pool. And he was fully dressed, bro. Yeah, it, like, was a, it was a last-minute decision. that We didn't hear anything about Tua going into that game, you know, not playing. And then Brissett just gets to start last minute. And Tua's the backup. He's fully dressed. He's out there ready to, you know, come in at any point in time. I don't see how this makes sense on any level, right? Because... Even last in the in the previous game, he didn't he suited up, but he didn't play. And the Dolphins had him available as QB two in case Brissett gets hurt. And it's like, well, why? if he's if he's not healthy, why is he on there? Unless we have why is zero quarterbacks, up? right? Unless we have zero quarterbacks, which I don't think is the case, right? And then number two, why do it two weeks in a row? Right, I get it, short week, but the moment Jacoby goes out, goes down, he's out out. And Jacoby t- tried a couple of times to get back into the game, but then he was like, nah, you know, you can visit, like, you can visually see um, Flores telling him, like, two's in, you're out, you're out. And it was just a weird circumstance how all of that came into play for the Dolphins. And for me as a fan, right, and I'm sure a lot of you guys experienced this, it was a big roller coaster that game where it's like, oh, shit, Brissette, damn, we're, we're keeping it tight. Oh, the defense make a big play. Oh, we're back down, and now we're up again. And then we're back down. And it's like, oh, two was in the game. Oh, shit, he's hurt again. And it was just so weird offensively, but they found ways to move the ball at times against the Ravens, and Sanders did his thing, right, and got some – Field goals for us, and until Tua pretty much sealed the game with a touchdown of his own. Rushing, it was a rushing touchdown, not a not not a throwing touchdown. It, yeah, I don't know, man. It was such a weird game offensively, bro. It's hard for me to put like a spin it on it and, and no, just say it, what it, it was. Listen, it, this was a game that it, we easily could have lost had the offense didn't not do the, the bare minimum there, mm. right? They, they, needed, they needed a couple plays there. And, and then Tua came in the game, and he made a couple plays there that we needed, a couple first downs, kept the drive alive, and then scoring, you know, on, on the rushing touchdown. Um, that was something that we weren't going to get out of Brissett. We, this was the, the, the score of the game was 6-3 through three quarters. Rough. All right, We didn't get Rough. any action until the fourth quarter where we had – a, the defensive touchdown, okay, Correct. which that shifts the momentum for us. And Huge it's like now shift. we have the momentum on our side. The offense has that momentum as well. So what can the offense do? And, and sure enough, Tua went out there and put up a touchdown. Uh, he could have picked off the – you know, he could have got picked off. He didn't. He could have, you know, gotten stripped and, and fumbled the ball. He, he didn't. didn't. He could have taken a big sack. He didn't. He was in there for a short amount of time, and he made the right plays. And now he's looking at getting the start for – this next game coming against up. the Jets, um, yeah, man, I'm with you. You know, it's it's it's, and I'm sure it's rough for him to come into the game because you could say you're prepared, you study the playbook, all the shit, blah 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 blah. But when you have to start the game like while the game's already in progress, especially at quarterback, it's it's not fucking easy, man. You no, know, man. because it's very different. The game speed is already at full pace. Like you have a hard time even adjusting. Uh, now the defense is throwing a bunch of things at you not, that you didn't see while you were on the sideline. You want to run this play, 
this guy's not open. Like, we saw Gaseki make some drops, and it was just like you could tell that the offense was sputtering hardcore. And it's not because of Tua per se. It's just the fact that we had to switch quarterbacks, and the offense didn't look good the entire game. Let's be honest. The offense hasn't looked good at all whenever Jacoby's at, at the helm. You know, like, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. You know, he's just not that guy. I, he is the guy that we thought, you know, hey, you know, if Tua does go down late in the game and it's something where he's getting some attention and we need somebody to keep the momentum going, we thought, you know, hey, that'd be a good fit. But he's not a, a carry of the team. He, he's not a nowhere near what Ryan Fitzpatrick is or was. Hell no. For the Dolphins. He wishes, man. Yeah. He wishes. And we wish. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, to, you know, if this was right, you know, Fitzmagic, we might Probably be in a whole different won. situation. Two games or not. But look, now they did end up winning that game 22 to 10, right? Beat the Ravens at Thursday night home against a, a good, good, good playoff bound team. You know what I mean? They're, they're what, 7 and 2 now? 8 and 2, I think, Baltimore? Uh, good no, team, I dog. think they dropped down now to 6 and 6 and 3. three. That, yeah. I'm lying. 6 and we 3. We them down 6 good, and 3. Good, a good team, man. A good team. And, you know, we improved to 3 and 7, two game winning streak. We're 3 and 5 in the conference. One and two in the division with the Jets twice on the horizon. I don't know. Like, can can I don't want to say can the Dolphins salvage the season, right? Because the, there's no way you're salvaging the season. But my question is more like, what's the target for this right. goal, right? Yeah. Like, what what are we trying to accomplish here? Are we trying to develop Tua? Are we trying to develop Waddle more? And we're going to put him in a bunch of different positions. Um What's going on with the offensive line? Are we going to continue this juggle that we're that we're doing, or are we just going to run with these five guys until the end of the season? Because ten games in, we got we have a bye week coming up. We still have games to play. You got to figure out a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of time to figure out those things that we're going to need to improve on for next year. Because obviously, this year is not done. But the chances of us making some type of noise or some type of playoff appearance or even threat, I just don't see it happening. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely agree. I think at this point it's it's that. We got to figure out what we have to figure out what we need for next year. Um, I, I think there's a huge, you know, right? there's a blatant, obvious need for running back and offensive line. That's that's something that so we, do not, we don't have part of our game. Because even with the quarterback situation and the receiver situation, we're, we're finding guys like Isaiah Ford for over 80 yards and Albert Wilson for over 80 yards. You know what I mean? Those two guys right there combined for eight catches and over 150 yards. I mean, that's that's production, you know? And then you, you have Waddle, who didn't have his best game, four catches for 60-something yards. But he, that's um, okay because he's still a really good receiver and he's on pace to break – uh, the record for the rookies catches most catches in the season. Yep, and it's not getting talked about enough because of the nope. fact that the Dolphins aren't doing great. Understandable. I mean, media's not going to cover losers. They're going to cover winners like Jamar Chase and, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, for instance. Yep. But we need to figure out where, you know, what we do have and these next few games, the rest of these games that we have this season, that, that's what we can salvage because the playoff hope is not going to happen. The Bills are still, you know, in first place, and New England's heating up. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick in November is, is a madman, so uh, he, he's not going to lose, uh, and they're going to give the Bills a run for their money. So we're out of it this year, but there's still things to play for, essentially. Uh, but one other thing I wanted to mention, though, before we get off the, the, the Ravens game is um, the, the play of the night that oh unfortunately my God. wasn't wasn't called a touchdown. But, but shout, it was out, awesome. shout out to Robert Hunt, Robert Hunt man, the uh, the offensive lineman who, who decided to hawk a pass out of the air. Like it, looked, it looked like it was for him. Yeah, but he knew damn well that <laughs> he, he couldn't catch that, that ball. ball. 
And he was uh, he was um, an illegal, you know, touching of the ball. I think that's receiver, what they ended up, what they down, up, what they yeah, ended up calling. And down. but what a heads up play, man! <laughs> like that dive, the extension. I mean, it was everything that everybody was talking the, about. Honestly, the best thing about that is that the very next day, I'm talking about the very next morning. All right, this is Thursday night, Friday morning. Miami Dolphins post a picture on their Instagram or like a reel showing the elevator where the main lobby is, where people have to walk in and out. And the door, the cup, they usually put like big plays on the cover of the elevator doors. Guess what it was? It was him. Robert Hunt. Full extension. Over the goal line, bro. That That's was on hilarious. the freaking elevator. And it's bro, like, it was a hell of a play. Chair. I mean, I wish I would have counted. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and look, it sucks, honestly, but. it was a uh, it was a great momentum shift in the game too, right? Because the Dolphins were threatening, right, trying to get something happening, and it really woke up the fans because the game had been boring. It was really yeah. a bad display of offense on both sides. Nine total right? points through three quarters. It was rough. It was rough as a fan. Um, and seeing shit like that is always going to be entertaining and bring people to their feet and be like, oh, give it to him. You know what I mean? Yep. He made the play. How often is he going to be able to do that? But that shit was funny, man. It was pretty funny. You made all the big boys proud that night. Absolutely. One for the big guys Hell up yeah, front. Dude. They can't block, but they can catch. Yeah, there you go. Maybe we, maybe we should put them all in the wrong spot. eligible receivers. They're in the wrong spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but shout out to the Dolphins, man. Huge yeah. win against the Ravens. I mean, that that was uh, that was just the, the fans needed that, man. We needed that. All the guys Absolutely. that we've been sticking through, you know, all these tough times, uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson rumors, the team obviously not Jeez. not holding up their end. Uh, the defense not looking like, you know, the, they looked last year. We needed this win, man. Yeah, we needed it in the worst way. And, look, we need this next win, too. We're playing a 2-7 and seven Jets team. This is a bad team. They've lost two in a row. This is, this is a bad, bad team, right? If we don't get this win, man, it's going to be disappointing. Disappointing because even though not, I don't expect a lot from the Dolphins, I expect them to be competitive against bad teams. And this Jets team is a bad team, dog. Besides them being a rival, we just got to see them as a bad team and be like, all right, we, we're better than these guys. Yeah. Let's go out there and prove it that yeah. we're better than them, you know? And Tua getting the start and having that whole week, you know, all this time to prepare for the Jets, man, I really think it's going to benefit us. And for the first time in a long time, I'm going to predict the Dolphins' victory. All right. I mean, that goes without saying, bro. We're riding we're the in. train right now. We're in. I'm, I'm going to go in on him, too. I got the, the Sportsbook app. I got yeah. the Hard Rock app ready to go. Ready to go. I've been dabbling on that, you know. Taking some, losing some. Right. Here and there, a little back and forth. A little fun. Uh, I'm going to throw some on that game for sure. Why not, man? It's it's. We're going to have good odds, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I will. I'm, I'm sure uh, we're well, going to have Well, maybe not. We'll be the favorites, I think, in that game. Yeah, but even still, it won't be like a crazy six yeah. point, nothing. It'll probably be like two. A three two point, and yeah, half, two and a half, something, something like that. Something yep. like that. But speaking of losing the money, though, I did lose some money this weekend on a different Miami football team. Which Miami football and, team? And, and, and it hurt me, man. It, it hurt, hurt me. It hurt. It hurt my pocket. It hurt my pride. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. This was, this was a game that I didn't see going this way. I just didn't think there was any way possible, hence the bet. Oh, the Canes game. And, yeah. It happens, I mean, Florida Seminoles, Miami Hurricanes, rivalry week. Rivalry week. That's the one. That's it, man. And the Canes, man, just out the gate, just got smacked in the mouth and they couldn't stand back up. I mean, they tried. There was a couple times they got tried to get back in there, but uh, it looked like Florida State was just a better team, unfortunately, which does not speak well to this Hurricanes team. We lost that game because of coaching. Plain and simple. You know, Van Dyke, Van Dyke didn't have his best day. 
<clears throat> and that's okay because um, you can't expect these guys to yep. throw 400 yards every single game. Yeah, Isn't I agree. That, you know, pretty hard to do that. But overall, the decisions that led to, like, the game, to winning or losing the game, because the Dolphins, the Hurricanes came back, had a big um, turnover, turnover chain came out, momentum shift, scored a touchdown after that. Like, we were rolling. And at the end, even being ahead, Two minutes left, like, you, you, the play calling that happened. First of all, there was a allowed, breakdown in that coverage, we, first of we all. Let, we let a fourth and 14 happen against us. Should have never happened. That was one of the biggest How that shit happened of the game. Nobody knows. And that man was wide open. Yeah. Not that he was covered and made a great catch. Right. No, 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 no. There was nobody around him. This dude was wide open. And he, they converted that, and it's like once that happened in the back of my mind, I was like, "Here it is, this is the shit that causes us to lose games where we're supposed to stop an opponent." The fourth and fourteen, fourth and long, they have no business even coming close to that line at of screen, all. That, that first down line, and you should have people at least one or two people in man coverage, right, with people over the top, and you don't do none of that. Sheesh. And then on top of that, to make it worse, you make two boneheaded calls when it comes to timeouts. Instead of letting them, you know, burn out the clock and tr- and focusing your hardest on keeping them out because they needed six. They didn't need three f- points. Right. They needed a touchdown. Yeah. Right? At that point, I think it was like 25 to 18 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, you didn't, you didn't need to stop the clock. And you should have kept those two timeouts because even if they do score the touchdown, right, and you have 40 seconds left, 30 seconds left, whatever – you have two timeouts, mm-hmm. and you can throw, design a play, make a catch. Okay, let's set up another play. Boom. Things that any real good coach would focus on and, and do during a game that they can win, and they are winning at that time. And Manny Diaz, for whatever reason, man, he called those two timeouts, doesn't really have you know, Van Dyke prepared to, to execute that 30 seconds or 40 seconds with no timeouts. I mean, he didn't even get that, honestly, because I remember I was thinking, you know, they, they had that that catch all the way down inside the one with like a minute left, a minute maybe in some some seconds left. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn, they should have just let them score right there. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, they they because it looks like they're going to score. The way they're moving the ball right now, they're not going to not score. Inevitable. So better let them score right there on that play. And then now you got a minute to work with with – Two timeouts, to your point. Exactly. And now we can do something. You only need, at that point, a field goal. You don't need to score. They needed to score. But instead, it just unfolds the way that you just kind of laid out. And it's like, damn. I, I Excuse me. You can't help but but to think, you know, this could have been avoided. Avoided. In the, in the biggest way. In the biggest way. In the, and in the most obvious ways. Right? So then... Again, I've said this before. People want to rag on the kids and be like, oh, but this guy sucks. This kid sucks. This kid sucks. This kid sucks. It's not about that. You got to remember, hey, they're kids. They're not professionals. You know what I'm saying? Some of those guys could be doing things that are they're not the best at or people are asking them to do things that they're not the best at. And that's what coaching should do, right? You should elevate the players that you have and, and put them in a position where it's the best. Hey, you're going to excel in this position. Boom. Right? Manny just hasn't done that. And we got the news. Well, I got the news as I was coming in. Yeah, to just, just a little while, about three hours ago, we got the news. That they fired um, James Blake. That, uh, the athletic at, director. At, at UM. And 
he was always spoke about, right? We talked about it, like whether he was going to go or Manny was going to go or yeah. both of them were going to go. I just feel like for Manny, his record, the losses that he's had, in combination with these guys already making a decision to move on from the athletic director. It's a matter of time. I don't, I don't, I, I have a, I have sympathy for that man because I think he is going to be a good coach one day and can put this program where it needs to be, right? It just may take longer than what people really want. And I don't know if they're willing to be patient with Manny. And he's. I mean, how much? How much more patient do yeah. you want to be? This, I mean, look, this wasn't his first year. This wasn't his no, second year. No, for sure, for sure. But look, in, in in college, my theory is right. It's really hard. It's really hard to go and spend money on a coach and say, "Go out there and win me twelve games a season, ten games a season." That shit's hard because you're dealing with the revolving door. There's only one Alabama, right? Look at where LSU is at. They've fallen off big time. Right? Fired their coach, losing recruits, and all this stuff. And that was a team that was playing for national championships every other year, so it seems, right? So for most college programs, you're going to have that high, and then you're going to low a little bit. You're going to have that high and low a little bit. For the, for the Hurricanes, the problem is, is that we haven't had those highs in a real long time, right? So how do you get back to that? You have to build some type of consistency, even if it takes a long time, right, to get up. Because... Let's say Manny had a whole year or her a whole summer plus whatever the rest of the season is to work with the guys that he has now. What would the expectations be for next year with, with a Van Dyke-led team? We'll be like, well, shit, we know he's good. We can throw. We can do this. We have this running back. Knighton's been killing it. Our O-line will be improved because it's one year more that they'll have. We still have these wide receivers, blah, 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 blah. And the team would be expected to be good, right? But that's that type of consistency that you, that you build up towards. Not to say that Manny doesn't deserve not like to get fired. He does. He, if you look at the record, you can say, yeah, that's a justifiable thing to let your coach go. But then on the other side of that, it's like, all right, who's going to come in and replace him and instantly provide that success that we're looking for? Because whoever comes in now, it's not like he's going to be like, well, we're going to give you ten years to get this program straight. No, we're not. It's not going to be. We're going to give you six years to get this program straight. You got three years. You got two and a half years, bro, and including this first year as a half, <laughs> right, where we're not going to really temper our expectations. We're just going to let you run out there. That shit's hard, especially with a program like the U, that the expectation is championship, big games, win big games, blow teams out. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. So I don't know who the answer is. Yeah, and then the, if you look at the coaching pool, who the who's out there? Who are the who's options available? You I know? mean, it's it's slim. You know, the good coaches are are right at home wherever they want to be. You know, whatever school they're at. You know, you got other schools competing for you know, head coach. Uh, you know, positions and stuff like that. Like USC is still looking for a head right. coach, I think. So there's a vacancy there, and, and then you got you know UM in the mix now would compete with that. So I'm sure that's all coming into this. You know, it's easier to replace an athletic director that's going to get the program. You know, overall all, all sports programs, of course, you know, on the right you know path, but. A football coach, it's it's a little bit different. So it may be something where Manny doesn't necessarily go, but it's kind of leading like it's trending that direction. It's, it has a high possibility because of two things, right? We don't know who the AD is going to be, right, and what direction they want to take the program in. What we have been hearing is that 
the people at in charge at play, right, with the football program specifically and athletics overall, is that those guys are willing to invest big bucks, over $100 million. That's huge money to put into a program, right? But with that is going to come the expectation of the success, not only for the football team, Gaines baseball is going to have to get back to where it was. Basketball program is going to have to get back to where it was, being competitive, baseball winning NCAA tournaments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, women's volleyball, get back to them winning. You know what I mean? Women's basketball, traditionally great at UM, hasn't been up there as of late. Those are things that are going to be expected to improve real quick. So that athletic director may give Manny a shot and other coaches there, whoever, a shot to say, you have – X amount of time to prove yourself to me because now this is the direction that we're going into. You didn't have all this stuff before. I'm going to provide it, and then I'm going to see how you do. Traditionally, the issue with the Hurricanes finding a real good head coach is money, paying for the coach. Almost always the coaches at UM have gotten paid a million dollars, $2 million max. I can't remember a coach getting paid $5 million. None. But if you go out there to other programs, this coach is making $9 million. This coach is making twelve. This coach is making fifteen. Saban makes God knows how much money on the back end. You yeah. know what I mean? Got to account for inflation nowadays too, ball. man. Crystal Gas ball. $4 a gallon. You know what I mean? How, how much money do you think Oregon is paying uh, Mario Cristobal to be from Florida, live in Florida, to go be all the way in Oregon and coach that program? They're, they're paying that guy guaps. You know what I mean? And when you want a really good coach who's going to transition your program into that next level, you're going to have to come up. out of – you got to pay up. you got to come out of pocket. So if, the, if this program is really heading in that direction, we're going to see if they're really going to put their money where their mouth is. Mm. Because if you fire Manny, yeah, that's cool, but you can't bring in another quote-unquote Manny. Right. you got to go out there and make a splash. Hey, here's our new $10 million head coach. Right. That's what it has to be for the Hurricanes. It's going to bring the swagger back to the U. Something – Something, but it has to be guap if you want the program to really be in that direction because all these other programs, all the other schools, they're dropping money on their coaches. They're dropping money on their assistant coaches to keep their assistant coaches from going to get another head coaching job at somewhere else, right? Keep those guys here. Pay those guys. When you, when you start doing that, you'll see the recruiting improve. You'll see the, the coaching improve. You'll see the kids get better and the play on the field get better. And then uh, as a whole, the program automatically gets better and gets somewhere competitive. And we have enough talent with that competition, right, to really make a move for something. Kane's got to do that. They got to figure out a way to do that. And, and obviously it starts now because they fired the AD, and now it's like, like I said, you know, time's, you gotta, ticking. time's ticking, and you really got to put an AD in place as soon as possible because you have recruits looking at you. You have uh, players on the team, right, all these athletic students being like, shit, what's, what's the move? What's going to happen here? Am I jumping in the portal? Am I going somewhere else now? Like, what's the deal? Canes have a lot on their plate. We knew this was a matter of time, right? Because like we had talked about, either Manny was going to go or James was going to go or both were going to go. And one of them are already gone. It's not looking like the other one's going to stay. Things are about to change, and, and we're going to see how good those changes are going to be. Grass isn't always greener. But hopefully for the Hurricanes, it's going to be greener, man.
It's yeah. gonna be. It's not gonna be easy, man. I mean, it can't get any worse than this season, honestly. Uh, no, I, I guess get, it could. It, 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 it could, could get a lot worse, dog. It could get a lot worse, man. Trust me. But um, you with, could be with all the expectation Temple. that that you know that there was going in, just like the Dolphins season, man. This has been a very disappointing season. Yeah. You know, if there was a lot of questions, a lot more questions around certain things, like oh, what's gonna happen with this or that or that part of the game. You know, but we felt like we had a lot of those questions answered. Like we knew what we had, and we thought we were going to be able to make a good run, and it just time after time, man, we just let down. Rough, rough. So, and now we two games left. You know, really a, a showcase for everybody who's on the squad. You yeah, got, you got Virginia Tech at home, and then you're on the road to finish off the season in Duke. And let's see how the team responds, right? Especially this week against Virginia Tech at home. I want I want to see how the team responds to. Knowing that there's no AD, knowing that Manny's on the line, knowing that their futures are not like absolutely the clearest, it, let's see what what type of energy they play with, right? Are they gonna come out and lay down flat, or are they gonna come up hyped and and really say we don't care about none of this stuff, we're here to play ball? And if that's the case, then we know what we have something here at mm-hmm. least. But if we come out and look flat and look whack against Virginia Tech at home, that's no bueno. That's no bueno for nobody on the on the squad. So, I think Porgy Pig said it best. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. When it comes to this Kane season, and now um, we're gonna look forward to the Heat season because they've they've had a rough patch, bro. Lost four games on the on the road, and it was they're eight and five now. That uh, West Coast trip, man. That it West Coast gets trip us. kicked our ass. That first, first it started with the Nuggets. We had that first game in Denver. Yep, and, and that game was crazy. That that was a, that was a rough one. That was a, a winnable game, very winnable game. But I mean, that was the one at the end where uh, we just kind of fell apart. Where Morris, you know, ended up having a foul on Jokic, Jokic and then he he retaliated and pushed him down to the ground, and there was some animosity there and stuff. It was a weird game, but I mean, the the Nuggets had our number the whole game. I'm yeah, pretty sure that game well. though, Cal Lowry had zero points yeah, that entire he, game. Yeah, he didn't play well that and game. That did not help us. And then look, and then again, the bad performances after that just kept continuing, bro. For some reason, none of the guys could get it together. Um, we lost, like you said, against Denver. We go on the road, play the Lakers. We play the Lakers. Get our ass kicked there. Lose Jimmy, I think that we, game. We he got hurt that game. Didn't come back. Then we play the Clippers. We were up in that game by a lot, and had. Uh, Best way I can explain it is like a meltdown because when you lose a double-digit lead, you melt it down. Like something did not go right for you guys consistently. Mm-hmm. And these guys couldn't find the bucket at all when it mattered. Um, that was the game that Hero missed a three to tie it. Uh, and then now we're on a three-game losing streak. Losing streak. That's heading Denver, into a, both LAs. Right. And then heading into Utah, right, thinking, damn, to, to be in the fourth game of a five-game road trip and playing a Utah team, which we without already beat. Without Jimmy Butler. Without Jimmy Butler, that's going to be a tall order. Um, but the homie hero, man, bald. And, and not really, to mention Duncan Robinson bald no, for us over no, 20 points that game as not well. Not bald. He showed up. My dog showed up finally because he had gone MIA for a while. Yeah, he did. And he finally gave us the performance that we were looking for. He had, like you said, double uh, twenty over twenty points. Uh, Kyle Lowry had twenty one points that night too. Um, he's getting into the groove of things, and we were able to get that game. And even still, in that game, we were up ahead, comfortable, comfortable against the Jazz, and they were they were able to come back and, and make it a real game and bring it down to two points. And it was like shit. How the hell are we getting to these points 
on the road or at home, we're closing teams out with ease. You know what I mean? Right. It was a little bit daunting, but at least they got the victory. They were able to close it out. Here hit some free throws. And overall, as a defense, we were able to contain uh, a majority of their offense for the night. And, and, and we just couldn't stop them on that on that night. They had like a 19-point run at one time. It was, it was just awful in the fourth quarter. And now, tonight, they're playing while OKC. we're recording this at OKC to finish off the road trip. And while that may be a bad OKC team, right? They're five and seven. They've lost Youngest a couple team of games in the NBA right now, too. Yeah, they've lost a couple of games. Those guys can always come out and, and just mess you up because they'll play with energy. You know, young team, like you said, and they they're obviously not going to get tired. It's a new season. They're fresh. A lot of those guys have nothing to lose. Nothing I mean, to we've lose. We've seen it in two games already this season with the Lakers. Shit. They've been down in both those games against the Lakers, and they've come back to beat the Lakers. A v a veteran. Season veteran Lakers team, a team that's supposed to be champion, uh, competing for a championship later on this yeah. year. So like, those are not things that you take for granted. Looking at them as an opponent and saying, "Damn, we really got to bring our game here against OKC because if we slouch, then these these young cats are just gonna run it, you know. And once they get to running, they're gonna get their confidence up and they're gonna start hitting some shots. So I'm interested to see how how the Heat close off the the road trip. Right, and if, see if they can bring it back to three and five, uh, win two games out of those five, and at least salvage something from the road, because ne the, your next two games at home are, are not easy. You know, you're playing New Orleans at home, and you're playing a real tough Washington team, really good team. They're leading the division, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. They've only had three losses on the entire year. Um, very impressive team so far. I don't think that game's going to be easy. And going into that matchup, right, which is going to be a primetime matchup for the Heat because we played them four times, it's going to be almost playoff atmosphere, in my opinion, or it should be, because that's our, probably going to be our biggest rival for that division crown. We're going to have to beat Washington and, and keep them behind us. You know, We're going to have to keep those rest of the teams, Atlanta, Boston, all those guys behind New us. New York. New York, all those guys. Both the New Yorks. <clears throat> Not easy. Um and it starts tonight. In my opinion, it starts tonight. Because if we can get this game against OKC, we'll get a good game against New Orleans where they're not at full health and we can go out there and they don't have their best players. We can go out there and really play a good game against a bad team and get two victories before we run into a, a superior opponent, let's say, right now. right? Because Washington, they got a better record. They, they're obviously firing on all cylinders just like we were prior to the losing streak. So... They're a team to look out for. And in my opinion, that's going to be a playoff game. I don't know why, but it, it has the feel of a playoff game. But if if anything happens in that game, I feel confident about Tyler Hero, bro, because that guy has been killing it in the last five games, averaging 23.4 points per game, going with 4.8 rebounds, shooting 36.8% from three and 45.9% from the field. He has to be the, the leading candidate for a six-man of the year. My dog. He has to be in that early talk of MVP. Real early, but, uh, you know, give my dog his props, man, because he's carrying us. I mean, yeah, yeah can your MVP be the sixth man, too? Yeah. Can you win both those awards, M MVP and sixth man of the year? Yeah, you can, technically. Technically, How about most can. improved player? Can you get that as well? You can get that. You can get that. But he, look, even in he that. He has, man. He's, a, he's improved since last year. I mean, just everything that we keep talking about with him, he's he's probably our 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 most consistent player 
player aside from Jimmy because even Bam will have nights where he'll have like 15 points in that first quarter. Right. But then, points, but then he'll and then have he ends 15 points. He'll have like nine points the entire game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like yeah. he just doesn't have it. He's rolling to the rim. Everything's just hitting the back iron. He just he does, He's limited with what he can use to score. Right. Tyler Hero has a bag of tricks, dude. He has so many ways that he can score. It's, it's, and he shows it every game. It's amazing how he's able to attack defenses this year and the confidence that he's playing with, man. He's really playing with a lot of swagger because, like, you could tell that he's he's really feeling himself on the court, bro, because he's pulling up from three, he's pulling up from three, from deep, and he's pulling up off the dribble whenever he takes somebody off, off a one-two or a crossover. And even in the last three games, he scored 27 points, 23 points, 27 points. Those are things that, like, really good NBA players do, right? right? And we've talked about it in all the talk hype up into the season where it's like, shit, man, if Hero really gives this team 20 points per game, we're going to be a good team. You know what I mean? And we've seen it. He's been playing well, and the Heat have been playing well. Granted, we have some real bad losses on our, on our sheet right now, right? But I don't think that that's something to look at and be like, damn, that's going to continue throughout the season. I'd rather bank on Tyler playing well for the rest of the season from what he's shown me off to this start. And again, man, for, the, for a guy who has such a bad year to bounce back and almost double his point out, output per game, it's like ridiculous, bro. And it's really going to put us in a position to contend against other teams because now we have a third scorer, right? We play Brooklyn. They have Kyrie, Harden, and, and Durant that can all go for 20 or more points. We can add Hero to that list and say, yep, Jimmy's going to get 20. Uh, definitely Hero, uh, Hero's going to get 20, and Lowry can get 20. Or even Duncan can get 20. And now we just have more offense added to the bunch. It just excites me as a fan um, and, and more for him because, like I said, he had a really rough year last year, and people were doubting his skills. Um, then in the offseason with that whole I want to be in the job, Morant talk, that Trey talk, and Luca talk, and people thought he was crazy. But here he is, game in, game out, backing it up, putting points on the board, and being real consistent. Only one, I think he only has like one or two games where he doesn't score double digits. Crazy. This man is playing out of his mind right now. And we need every single inch of it. We do. We do. We need uh, We need buckets, man. We need people to score. We need people to stay healthy. Um, you know, not having Jimmy always worries me, man. And Bam, too. Bam's not playing tonight against OKC. So we're out, Jimmy. We're out, Bam. Guess who's going to step up? Has to be Hero. Has to be Hero, man. We need Duncan, too, man. We need Duncan to get hot. You yeah, know? And bro. if it's not, here's my thing with Duncan, man, because we need him to score four to five threes. A game. That's, that's a lot. ideally what we want. But that's what we paid him for, right? Yeah. That's what we keep him on the team for is to be able to do that. Right. But, brother, if you're not hitting those shots on certain nights, we need you to try to find some other ways to score because you're getting beat on defense a lot of the time. I'm sorry. No, he is. We got to call it. I got to call it the way I see it. So, in order for me as a fan to, you know, have short-term memory loss with that, I need you to score. And whenever you put up 20 points, I forget about all the bad defense or you getting blown by or, you know, just not making all the right decision. All that shit washes away. Yeah, but when you don't, then I harp on that stuff a lot more. Yeah. So we, we need him putting up the 20 points that we know he's capable of, whether it's faking off the three-point line and then running, you know, 
to the to to, uh, to the right into the rim, and then just having you know like a quick pass or something like a give and go or some situation like that. I mean, we need him to set up some more plays. I'm not asking him to do it on the level of Tyler Hero, right? Because you know, there's don't a, create. A, there's you don't need to create there. like Correct. that. But we, we need you to get creative when it comes to scoring, and especially when we're missing guys like Bam and Jimmy. Yeah, for sure. Duncan has to step it up. He has to step it up because for him, he knows that his target is like you said, 15 points per game. You got to go out there and hit four threes a night. Because you're gonna get the looks, you know that you're, you know that you're gonna get ten to twelve good looks in a game. Whether you take ten to twelve good looks or ten to twelve good shots, maybe you do, maybe you don't, depending on how the game is. But you're definitely gonna get ten to fifteen plays ran for you where you're gonna get a look at the rim and you decide whether you shoot it or not. Right. But you need to make, you need to make them because that's what the whole offense is built on, right? Us moving pieces around, right, attacking, and always having that floater around the three-point line where, like, here's my assassin, okay? And if he's moving in the direction, whether he's floating to the corner, coming around from a screen, a double screen, whatever, the moment he gets open and he has a shot, those good looks that we were talking about, he needs to knock them down because, A, he's efficient, B, that's his job, and C, Without that, we're not going to be as good. And that's probably the main thing. We can't thing. open up other guys. We can't open up other guys. Score. Bam is going to struggle because then the pain is more clogged because people are not even respecting your shot out there. Like, you need to knock down shots. And maybe it's what you said, where he starts off instead of just shooting from the three from the beginning or maybe taking a, a dribble, right, and take a two-pointer, right? Take a step in and take a two-pointer. Yeah, the worst shot in basketball. Take it. Take it, but he, you're early on in the game to find your rhythm to see that ball hit the bottom of the net, get that confidence get, going, get it going. I don't mind that. I don't mind I don't that care. either. Even if it ends up with you taking it to the rim and getting a foul or or hitting a layup early on, let's nobody's, get that nobody's started. Nobody's gonna hate you for that. Nobody get that started. Get yourself in a type of rhythm because I feel like if his first shot is a three and he misses, he's like, oh fuck it, let me shoot another. Bink, he misses. He's like, damn, it's gonna be that type of night. Right, and that's fine. Hit, hit a couple of those, but if it's not, that's what I mean. Create something else for yourself, right? To to play that mind game with yourself. That like, hey, I'm gonna get a bucket no matter what. You know what I mean? Switch and, it and, up. And if I can't, if I can't score on these three pointers right now, I'm gonna find a way to get the ball in the hoop, and then the three pointers are gonna come in time. Switch it up. Switch, Switch it up. It up. Switch it up. Don't we be afraid you. to switch it we up. Need, we need everybody, man. We and, need everybody to do their job, man. And look, you know, something that you pointed out with Bam, like, I I need to see that little bit of consistency a little bit more from him, you know, because that's another guy that we were expecting to have 20 points per game and finishing every night with 18, 19, 20 points. Yep. He needs to make sure that he's constantly taking those jump shots because they're offering it to him. I notice it every game. They're giving him that space two to three times a game. Let me ask you a question, dog. Man to man, homeboy to homeboy right Damn, here dog, in front of deep. all of our listeners, bro. All right, so it's not that personal. Do you feel like Bam doesn't go hard enough to the rim sometimes? Like attacking the rim? Yeah. I feel like he doesn't go Like in he kind of gets caught like behind. Like he's not even expecting a lob sometimes or some shit. Granted, he had a big one the other day. Right. A, a beautiful one. But, that, you know, he he jammed it home. But I feel like a lot of times I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And he's kind of hesitating at that, like, 15, 17-foot range where he, he doesn't know what to do. And then by the time he makes a decision, he doesn't go up to the rim hard enough. And then he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get the play. He doesn't get the layup. In my opinion, right, in my opinion, what I would say about Bam and his, his attempts to go at the rim, he doesn't do it with physicality. If that makes sense. He tries to finesse his way in. He tries to finesse, right? Which I understand because he's not a huge guy. Right. Right? So he's not just going to be able to go up there and out-muscle everybody. 
there's a good chance that that center that he's going up against is just, just going to say, fuck it, I'm going to take the foul. <laughs> really, like, clothesline him or some shit, and not even let him get his shot off. So I can understand why he does that, but I'm, a, I'm with you. There are times where he needs to match his aggression with the physicality and put them together and say, F it, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm just going to go all out for it. I'm going to go into the rim, and I'm going to try to dunk it. Even if I know I can't dunk it, I'm going to go up like I'm dunking it real hard and let these guys foul me like that instead of, like, trying to do a layup, a finger roll, some shit like that. Because either way, you're going to get fouled. Right. Right? So you might as well ha- give yourself a better opportunity to finish, right, because you can kind of, like, catch yourself by dunking. And that's part of the game I feel like he he's missing. He probably doesn't have that physicality um, because he is a finesse player. You see player. it every now and again. You know, you yeah. know, he's been caught down there like a three-on-one, and he goes up, and, and he makes a smart play, a good pivot. But I'm talking about when he's attacking he from. Those plays, he'll bang down there, you know, and, and he'll play big. But I'm talking about, like, yeah, but that's, open space. Like, you know, you you have room, and it's a one-step dribble. Like, I want him to put it on the ground and then go up strong with it. But that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I don't think he has a good enough judge. He's not a good enough judge of that, right, of where to take off, how to take off. I don't think he knows how to do that. How? How because, do you not know uh, how to because do that? It's not that? Because <laughs> it's not that simple. Number one. I know, I know, think, I, I know, I know, don't know how to do that, but, we, I mean, I would expect him. He, again, he's a, he's a little big man, right? So he's not going to have crazy hops, but he's not super tall, too, either, where he's just going to jump out the gym and catch a ball 12 feet, 13 feet in the air. Bam's not going to do that. You know what I mean? So you have to really judge that how you approach the paint in order to take off to jump. And, and again, the intention has to be a dunk. And ninth, and it's really hard to dunk on seven-footers. It's really hard to dunk on those guys from that far. Yeah. Because you're going to – the guy's just going to say, you're here's, get fouled. here's the foul, bro. And granted, maybe he can do that in the playoffs, big games, in the crunch time. He can do that because he'll know he'll get a foul out of it. But for him to do that, like, repeatedly in the game – I wouldn't want to see him do that because I feel like that would just wear the guy out, man, completely, honestly, because we're asking him to do something physically, ex- like exerting himself over and over and over again and then say, hey, in fourth quarter time, go ahead, step up. Make those plays. Make those plays. Make the blocks. Eh, really hard to do that. Yeah. You know? Deadman, Deadman, a guy like Deadman, if yeah. Bam was like Deadman, then I'd be like, hell yeah, Bam can't be doing no soft shit. If he had Deadman size, Bam would freaking dunk on everybody. Yeah. Man. You know, he'd be a baby Shaq. I guarantee it. But he doesn't have that that body, that mass. You know what I mean? He just doesn't. And he needs to know, he needs to do a better job. I'm with you. He needs to do a better job of mixing it up, right? Knowing when to finesse and try to do that cute shit and knowing when to just go hard and try to dunk it on somebody and, and just end the play. You know what I mean? And he definitely has to do that. And again, he has to physically assert himself in the paint so that the opponents know all right, it's not going to be an easy game, but bam, we're not just going to be able to bully him out of here. We got to deal with him. And, and again, open up Jimmy's mid-range game. Open up Duncan's long-range game. It's a it's a domino effect with these guys. And the offense, you can tell in those losses, they have him, they've clicked, but we've run into those hard spots, and it doesn't click anymore, and then boom, our lease goes down. And then these guys come back on us, and now they're up 10, and we're struggling to find points. A lot of that had to do with Duncan struggling. I get that, but... As a whole, our offense was struggling, you know, in those games when it mattered the most, where we couldn't get good looks, we couldn't get good clean baskets. 
Got a chance tonight to fix it. You know, we'll know the result by the time you guys hear this against OKC. But then we got those two games to look forward to, you know, coming up for the before the weekend. We got, like I said, a quick back-to-back Wednesday against New Orleans and Thursday against Washington. Home games. So you guys should be in the building. And um, the, the Panthers, they're happy to be back in the building mm-hmm. because they just got their asses whooped to them. On the road as well, bro. Like four straight games, road trips, man. Four straight losses for the Panthers. Has this not been a, easy. Has no, not been easy. Has not been kind to the teams from South Florida, man. Because the Panthers went out there, best team in the NHL, undefeated. You know, had some setbacks, dealing with some adversity, and they were out there still winning games. But it started with that that New York Rangers game. They took an L, and it was like shit. You know, overtime loss, and it was like, all right, you know what? Well, we got the rest of the the. The road trip, we'll bounce back. And then we lose a tough game against Tam- against um, New Jersey. Go on the road yeah, against Pittsburgh. Right. Lose to them as well, ugly fashion. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then come back home to state to play Tampa Bay and saying, fuck, lose three in a row. Now we got to play a team that we just beat earlier on in the season. Those guys would definitely have revenge on their mind. And they ended up stealing the game with from us at a freaking point. I hate that guy. What a, what a difference one week will make Yeah, bro. in professional sports. Man. Because we were singing a whole different tune last episode. Dog, Jay-Z, it was all good just a week ago. <laughs> Not no more. Not no more. Not no more. And, and, and look, we knew that the Panthers were going to lose games, right? Obviously, they were yeah, going to. Yeah, granted. I mean, the they started off, the, the start was, I mean, it was something we didn't really see coming. You know, the start with, the what was it, 10, 11 straight games. Yep. Uh, and then to go on the road and face all these tough opponents. It was gonna, you know, it was bound to come to an end. But and and they were competitive. They weren't blowout games. No. So I mean, that's still you, you got to obviously always look for the silver lining in, in the dark cloud. And and that's the thing, you know, we we still were competitive in those in those matches in those games. We were never blown out. So uh, now it's a matter, of, you know, looking at what went wrong in those games. Where we lacked, um, you know, a couple of them were, you know, some like in that that Rangers game last week, man. Um, it wasn't even like on their power plays or anything. It was just. You know, just getting away from um, from the Panthers. On one of them, they scored on the deflection. Like it got deflected, and then Spencer Knight didn't couldn't do anything couldn't about see it. it. He couldn't keep track of it because it got deflected, not on purpose, but it got sidetracked by something else, and he just lost eyes on it. And boom, now now they're now up again. You know, it was like up. they had just tied it up, and then now they're back up again. So and, it, and then it was just always like they're gra- gasping for air, um, to try to come back from behind. And, and when you're on the road trying to do that with you know with that that home crowd going against you, and you and, just and, feel that shit. Yeah, man, Slipping, that team right? is feeding off that energy. It seems like everything's going right for the other team, and and you're just fighting, you know, to take you know any kind of step forward. It's tough. It wasn't easy, man, and and especially for the goalies because, like you said, they had some real bad bad breaks. Um, and, and goals that they normally wouldn't give up, right? Spencer Knight, he had a rough couple of games. And then Sergey Bob, Bobrovsky, he had a couple of games. I think he got hurt his last start against against Tampa Bay. It, it was just a bad, bad road trip, bro. What a terrible, terrible road trip. And it, honestly, one of the hardest road trips that they'll have at this point in their season, right? Um, because, like you said, they played a real good string of teams in such a short period right that rangers and um islanders game was like a new jersey devils game was like back to back and then a day later you're playing pittsburgh and then boom a day later you're coming back home it was 
a lot of traveling, and it just didn't work out for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, but something that did work out for the Panthers, and I got to give a big shout-out, man, because he's now in the history books for the Florida Panthers, and I'm talking about Sasha Barkov. He's now the Florida Panthers' all-time leader in goals with 189 of those bad boys. <laughs> shout-out to you, big dog, because a, Barkov. it's not easy to score goals in the NHL, bro. It really isn't, and... To do it consistently like that for one franchise is huge. Um, he's been more than an upstanding and outstanding player for the Panthers. And I'm really glad that a guy like him, who's a hard worker, uh, reps the Panthers the right way. He's always been about the Panthers and, and you know, lets the other guys get the shine. Um, but now Barkov gets to put himself in a special place and be the all-time leader in goals until one of the younger kids come up and take him out of there. But it's a hell of an achievement, and um, congratulations to you, man. We're, we're excited for you to see to get, to get that, and we're going to keep watching for you to get to 200, man. Hopefully you get to 200 by the end of Christmas. That'll be Oof, cool. That'd be dope. That'll be crazy. Be 11 dope. goals, right? That'll be crazy. Yeah, it's not, not impossible. Not, not impossible, impossible at all, man. Not impossible at all, man. And for the for the Panthers, they got another game coming up, albeit at home. Let's see who they play. Shit, I just had it here, bro, and it went away. Damn it, man. We'll have that for you in just a moment after this commercial. Yeah, hell of a game. No, they're Islanders. <laughs> they're playing the Islanders at home. Okay. Yeah, tomorrow at 7 at ESPN. Tough team, Plus. man. That's a tough team right there. Tough squad. Tough squad. Yeah, so that's, a, that's another challenge. Now we come back home to face a tough team. And then they play New Jersey on Thursday. So the rematch already. The rematch against these two teams. So it's probably a chance to get some good points back and, and yep. kick those two teams' asses who you lost some points to early on in the season, man. It's it's much needed. You know, it's much needed. Bro. A lot of, lot of hockey left, boys. Let's absolutely, go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go, Panthers. Let's go, Keep baby. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. Um, damn. So there was something that I wanted to bring up to you, bro. We were talking about it before the show. What's that, man? Was it... Uh uh, boxing, anything to do with boxing? Is it the fact that... No, the MMA joint. The fact uh, that our boy's not going to fight anymore yes, bro. on December 11th. What a freaking downer, man. Yeah, George man. Masvidal. Um, Just text me immediately as soon as we got the news. He was like, yo, you heard? I was like, yeah, yeah I saw it, bro. The shit was whack, man. Undisclosed bummer. injury. I don't know what that's all about. Me neither, bro. I hope he's all right. I mean, he looks to be okay on Instagram, but it's we don't know. It, that's different from fighting shape, right? right. And uh, the worst part about it, I feel like for him is, and f for us is not being able to see that fight, right? But for him is like the doubt that it, it that it causes, you know, because a lot of people are going to be like, damn, you're a month out from the fight. You're going to call it. Like, did you get hurt? Did so you like, not get hurt? Time to recover. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What like, what's up? And, and, and. Mate, sometimes there's that professional courtesy where you reach out to the other fighters' camp and being like, yo, look, this happens during sparring. I can't go. My bad, bro. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, right. or whatever the case may be. Leon Edwards didn't even get a phone call or nothing. He found out, like, via social media. Right, the same way we all found <laughs> yeah, out, probably. Dude, like, he's like, what the fuck is this? And whatever, you know, Georgie's calling the fight off for whatever injury he may have. For whatever reason he may have, it just looks whack on the outside, especially not knowing what the reason is. And then again, you give a chance to a guy like Edwards to come out and say, I knew he was going to punk out. He didn't really want to fight me, all this stuff. Now I want Usman and it's an instant contender. And then like, you know, he's saying a lot of shit about Masvidal, about him ducking him, trying to get the fight with Colby and possibly retiring because he's doing all these other ventures and he's not really about fighting. It's interesting. Um, and Leon Edwards does make a case, right? 
uh, had he beat Masvidal, he definitely probably would have got a shot, in my opinion. Um, but the last fight that he did lose was to Usman, you know, before Usman became the champ. And ever since then, Edwards has not lost a fight. Usman has continued to keep winning. He's the champ. Both have the longest streak when it comes to that division. Why not throw those guys together? I don't want to see a Colby Covington rematch, not right now at least. George isn't going to fight, so he's out from contending even for the belt or for another rematch. Why not give Edwards the shot, you know? And, and it sucks for Edwards, too, because it's like, all right, who do you fight now, you know? Well, I was talking to Jesse about it. I'm glad you asked that because I, I had to ask Jesse immediately. I was like, so what is Who's this? the replacement? Who's the replacement? Who do you think is going to go now? And, um, I, you know, if you listen to the last episode with Jesse, um, our special guest that was on, uh, he really likes Vicente Luca, man. Uh, Luque, the yeah, the Brazilian, Brazilian dude. Yep. So he he thinks that might be he might that get, might be a good fight. Tap on the shoulder and say, "Hey, man, short notice. You know, you want you it? You got this fight against Leon. Why not take it, bro? Honestly, why not take it? Why not take it? I man? feel like if you're if any you, of those guys, if you're in the top five, something that like truly like it just doesn't make sense. Like you did something else, like a weight cut for a different fight or a different weight class, or it's just something drastic. I mean, it, it, you should be always in fight like fight mode, right? Like semi ready. For any any kind of situation, in case something like this was to happen, so uh, it, it should be something where if he did get tapped on the shoulder, hopefully he's ready to go. He can make the way for it. Let's see, man. I, I think that'll be an interesting fight. You know, a good replacement fight for for Edwards. And if he if he does fight Luca and beats him, that's an impressive win for him. And it's, it, like I said, it should get him a title shot because I feel like he's next in line. Had had Jorge won, then it would have caused a lot of like chaos in the division. But the fact that he's not fighting and Edwards is pretty much next in line, I think he deserves a shot. Hopefully, they get to, he still gets to fight on December 11th. They haven't even announced if the fight is scrapped there yet. Or I, don't not. Know, I, don't, I don't think they'll scrap it. I, I, the way hopefully, they, they the don't. Way, we know the way Dana operates. Yeah, we know. We know. Somebody's going to jump in. Somebody lose. will jump yeah, in. He's going to fill that up. Yeah, somebody will jump in. But I'm hoping it's somebody exciting, right? Yeah, I just absolutely. don't want to push over hey, for Leon. If there's one person that we don't have to doubt, is Dana White. Bro. Dana that White. guy puts on Money, a, a quality a fighting product. machine. Yeah, bro. So, I mean, this past weekend, Max Holloway yeah. fought this weekend. That was, that was a hell of a fight, man. That was a hell of a fight. Both of those guys got fighter of the night, uh, fighter of the night, too. Dude. 50K bonus, man. Hell of a hell and of it a was fight, a war. Dude. Yeah, it was it a slugfest. Was a war. It was a you war. know you're going to get that with Max. <laughs> bro, that guy brings it every single night. Yeah, we I lose not, a draw, dude. I would not want to see that dude in the street. He's like a baby Diaz brother, right? Yeah. This dude is just like, forward, let's scrap it out. Try to knock me out, because I'm going to try to knock right. you out. And it's just an entertaining style. Most deaf, man. And That's he's, what we want to see as a fan. We don't want to see a boring young. fight. He's in his early 30s, so oh man, that guy could possibly get another fight at a, at a championship belt, man. That'll be insane to see that guy go back for that. Yeah. It'll be insane, man. But um, let's go see the heat play, dog. Let's get yeah, out of here. Let's wrap this thing up. It just tipped off, so let's uh, do it. Let's make that happen, player. Absolutely, man. As always, a pleasure, my brother. Always a pleasure, my man. And I want to thank you guys, the listeners and the viewers, for tuning in to another dope episode of Sports with So So Podcast. I almost Absolutely. got it out. Make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. All right, subscribe. Click the button. It's right here somewhere. Joel's going to put it. Click the button. Subscribe to the podcast. Check out the videos. Hit a like. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think. I know you guys are streaming us on all platforms, so make sure you guys tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this amazing podcast that we got, man. South Florida Sports, all right here in the home of Dade County. Real G's, Dolphins, Kings, Marlins, Heat, Panthers, everything. We got We're out of here. Peace. Peace.